So let me just begin today by saying if this is your first visit to Faith Mountain, it's going to be a very different kind of day. It's going to be less our normal Sunday worship experience, at least from a message standpoint, than it normally is. And it's going to be more about a, a conversation with the Faith Mountain family. Um, God has some huge plans for us, plans that have been in process for over a year. And today is the day that I promised to bring the entire family into the loop, into what God's been doing. So once again, if this is your first visit, while I think you're going you're gonna to learn a lot about our heart as a church today, I would encourage you to come back next week where you'll have more of the normal Sunday worship experience. So I'd love to, to invite you back. I've been going through a series for the last four weeks called I Heart My Church. And it's, it's all been leading up to this day. We've talked about our church and my church and how I contribute to that. We have talked about the church, the global church, and how our church fits in to that. We have, we have had all of that leading up to today where we recognize and we just say out loud, this is His church. It always has been. We're just privileged to be in it and to be a part of it. The foundational passage for this entire series has come out of Matthew chapter 16 at verse 18, where Jesus himself says to Peter, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I've taken that from the King James Version because I, I think it brings the strongest context possible to what Jesus meant. He was standing in front of a literal place called the gates of hell when he had this conversation with Peter. And he said, look, all the false gods represented by this place called the gates of hell will not stand in the way of me building my church. Jesus has a plan, a plan to build his church. And he has a plan to build the church. He has a plan to build more churches through this church, which is his church. And it's those plans that I want to share with you guys this morning. So as I get to unpack all of those details today, I will assure you, for some of you, there are going to be surprises. Things I share may well generate questions. You have note takers inside your worship guides. If you're on the FM app, you've got an area there where you can take notes electronically. I would encourage you to write your questions down because I'm not going to have time to actually address them as we go. We're going to have to move through all of the information. But we will provide multiple opportunities over the next couple of weeks to bring as much clarity as possible and to answer as many of your questions as we can. So here we go. Every January, our elder board gets together and we do an overnight getaway together. It's, it's all about seeking God and seeking God's vision for this church that he allows us to be a part of. We, we do a getaway at a place up in the mountains because we want to get away from all the noise. We want to get away from distraction. We want to get into a place where together we can spend a great deal of time and in prayer, and, and really seeking the will of God for where do you want us to go this year, God? How can we be part of your plan this year, God? How can this church do what you've called it to do to bring people who are far from Jesus to a place where they can meet, embrace, and choose Him? Well, in January of 2016, we came away from that vision trip with a unified vision that God is calling us to multiply the kingdom through the vehicle of church multiplication or church planting as we talk in the circles that I run in. It's all about starting new churches. And, and if you've been here more than a couple of months, you probably know that. We've made no secret of it. When we came back from that vision trip, we shared with you that God has really, really been pushing us towards this idea of starting new churches. It is God's direction for His 
church. Now, what I'd like to do is maybe let you know that it wasn't only through those vision trips that we feel as though God's calling us to be a church that plants churches, to get into the multiplication game. We, we believe that's been confirmed in a number of dif- different ways. Um, we are part of a much larger denomination called Converge Worldwide. And our district within Converge is about 60 churches known as Converge Rocky Mountain. Our unified mission statement as we work together with one another is all about starting and strengthening churches. So the vision that God gave the elders in January 2016 is very consistent with the vision of the denomination of churches we belong to. Now, in addition to that, I belong to a smaller group of churches within our denomination, and we're called a lead team. And so essentially, I get to be the head coach for about a dozen churches in the Rocky Mountain region. And we got together actually last year in April and one of the questions we asked ourselves, what is it we want to be most about? What is it that these 12 churches are willing to come together and do that any one church can't do on its own? And at the end, where those 12 churches arrived was that we are going to be committed to pooling our resources of people and prayer and expertise and finances to focus on starting and strengthening new churches. So not only has the elder board felt that call from God, our lead team of 12 other churches have felt that call from God. And the other thing that I would share with you is when when we got sent out over 10 years ago to start Faith Mountain, we promised our sending church, we promised the rock and we promised God that one day we would become a church that starts new churches. Now, you may ask yourself, why would you want to do that? You probably passed four or five churches on your way to this church this morning. What the heck do we need new churches for? The reality is there are way more people out there that need to know Jesus than the churches we have today can possibly fit. We could fill this place ten times over and every other church in the city of Lakewood ten times over and not make a dent in the number of people who don't know Christ. We need new churches. So, it's all been leading up to this day. And I I told you that today was the day. Don't miss week four. Today's the day I'm going to reveal the big secret. And I know if I were sitting in your chair over the course of the last month, I would have speculated, what's the big plan? What's it all about? And if I were sitting where you're sitting, I probably would have surmised he's going to announce the launch date for our brand new baby church and Pastor Ben's going to lead it. And I'm not going to do that. (laughs) If that was what you thought, I'm just going to have to burst your bubble right now. And there's a good reason for it. We're not ready yet. We are not ready as a church yet to be able to launch our first baby church. The plans that your elders have been working on materialize specifically because we know that. We know we're not ready, but we're committed to do whatever it takes to get ready. So we asked ourselves this question. What do we need to do to prepare and position Faith Mountain to successfully plant baby churches? We knew that our first priority was was you. The first priority in order for us to be successful at planting new churches is to develop the people that we have in our church today. See, if we can pour more into the people that are already here, grow you in your faith, help you embrace the leader within. We know that that's what's going to make us successful at planting new churches because the reality is when we do send off a church planter with 50 or 60 people, we want them to be people of leadership quality and leadership caliber, people that are deep in their faith and they're ready to dig in and do the hard work of church planting. So we knew without a doubt, life groups, leader development, That had to be job number one. And that's what the Add to Multiply campaign was all about. The second thing that we realized as a board when we said, what do we have to do to get prepared to do church planting well, is we had to be ready financially. So you have probably seen in the last year a renewed emphasis on really investing in the ministry and the mission that God has. 
And if you paid attention as you voted in the budget just very, very recently, you would have seen a budget line in there for future church plants. So we have actually started to put away funding so that we can resource that new church well. And it's going to take us some time to save up enough money to do that well. Finally, your staff has been attending national conferences that are focused on leader development and multiplication. Leader development and starting new churches. And we have been bringing those best practices back here so that we can implement them here so that we can be prepared to launch and launch well, to launch and launch successfully. The worst thing in the world we could possibly do is send out a church planter unprepared, underfunded, and understaffed, and then watch that church fail. Here's where all this is headed this morning. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm like sold out for this church planting thing. Like lock, stock, and barrel. I am all in as if I were playing poker, man. All the chips are in the middle. I believe in it because I know it is the single most effective way to reach lost people for Jesus. Ben paid me an incredible compliment several weeks ago, and at the time he wasn't even aware how humbled and honored I was that he would say something like this. But we were in one of these situations where we were talking church planting with a whole bunch of other people, came away from that, and he goes, you know, I've never met anybody as passionate about planting new churches as you are. And he's, well, at least for me, I'm so happy that he was able to recognize that passion, that fire I have burning inside of me. So let me just share a little bit about that. I got to go to a thing called an assessment center, right? So this happened in Orlando, Florida. I know suffering for the Lord in Orlando while you guys are back here, below zero weather. I was feeling for you. I wasn't even thinking about you, actually. <laughs> Didn't care because it was so into what we were doing. So we had candidate couples from all over the nation that came there with wide eyes and a vision to go plant new churches for God. And I got to be part of the team that was assessing their ability to actually do that. And I got to help Converge select the best of the best to lead its new churches. And something happens inside of me when I sit down with a young couple who are sharing their dreams about reaching lost people for Christ by starting a brand new church in a community that needs a church. Man, I get wrapped up in their dream. And I start thinking, I have got to somehow be a part of what they're doing. I need to help them be successful at this. So uh, another thing that, that your board and God have allowed me to do just a few weeks ago, we were suffering for the Lord in San Diego while you were freezing. I got to go to a training system. It's called Multiply. It is hands down the premier church planter training system in the nation. And I was able to get certified as a trainer of pastors who are going to go out and plant churches. Training up soon-to-be pastors of new churches and coaching them is one of the things that I get to bring to the table for our lead team of 12 churches. As one of those churches says, hey, we're ready. We've got a planter. Then they'll send them to us over here at Faith Mountain, and we're going to train up that planter on how to do what they're going to do and do it well and successfully. So I'm just really into this whole church multiplication thing. My passion for it has been recognized by your elder board. And they're willing to invest me in that endeavor of starting new churches. And I want to tell you that they're willing to do it not because it is what I desperately want. I'm telling you that they're willing to do it because they're willing to do whatever it takes to reach lost people. My personal life verse, I've shared it with you before, I'll share it again. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 9, and this is the Apostle Paul. As he says, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel. And that needs to be the driver for every single Christian. Everything you do should be for the sake of the gospel. Everything this church does should be for the sake of making sure people who don't know Jesus get an opportunity to know Jesus, everything, everything. 
There's nothing more important than reaching people who are far from Jesus. Now my interpretation of that verse from Paul is he said he was willing to do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus. Whatever it takes. If you've ever read the story of the Apostle Paul, you know the hardships that man went through his entire life because he was so focused on reaching people for Jesus. He made the hard choices. He did the hard things. He did things that weren't necessarily what he wanted to do, but what he knew he needed to do. He was willing to do whatever it takes to reach the lost. So in order for us to focus on what God is calling us to do, through church multiplication, it means I'm going to have to do one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire ministry life. It means that I'm asking you to do something that for many of you, it's going to be hard. I need to hand off leadership of Faith Mountain to a new leader. I need desperately for you to understand and embrace that. See, I can't continue to be lead pastor and pour my heart and soul into church multiplication at the same time. If I try, I will fail. I'll fail you. I'll fail those new church planters. And if you know anything about me, I am not willing to fail. Now, while while I see this transition as crazy exciting, all right, I understand that some of you out there may not quite share my excitement about this kind of change. I mean, change is hard. And this is big change that I'm asking you to embrace. Let me try and mitigate some of the possible discomfort for you. First thing is, and I hope this mitigates the discomfort, Wendy and I aren't going anywhere. If you were hoping to get rid of us, it ain't happening. I ask God, amen, thank you. Really, thank you. That, that means a lot. See, I asked God when we started this church to please allow me to serve here until I stop breathing. That was one of the conditions. I'm, I'm only going to plant a church if you ever put conditions on your prayers to God. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to honor that request. And I'm not ready to stop breathing yet. So I'm pretty sure he's going to let me continue to serve here. This is our home. You're our family. And we're staying right here. Everything that God is leading me to do in the movement of church multiplication can be done as I continue to serve right here on this staff in your church with this family. Second thing, Faith Mountain is a healthy church. It's a good place. And you know, the best time to hand off leadership of a church isn't when it's failing. It's when a church is healthy. It's when a church is moving forward. I read a book recently that really captured this and captivated my heart. It said, healthy churches stay healthy when a pastor is willing to hand off the baton while still running at full speed to someone else who is running full speed. I'm willing because I love this church. Third thing, and I believe in my heart, this is the absolute best news of all that I get to bring you this morning is that Pastor Ben Todd is the one to take that baton. Yeah. I believe with all that is in me that God has been preparing him to lead Faith Mountain from the day he and Lauren chose to, to join this little church plant over 10 years ago. He's one of the most devoted and godly men I've ever had the pleasure of serve, serving with. He's a natural leader. If you've ever been involved with him in any kind of ministry endeavor, you know what I meaning, mean. Just leadership just oozes out of every pore of his body. Another thing is that he knows the heartbeat of this church because he helped create the heartbeat of this church. He knows our culture. He knows our community. And more importantly than anything else, he knows you. And you're his family. 
as much as you are mine. There may be pastors out there with more impressive resumes. I'll grant you that. But there is absolutely no one who is better positioned to lead this church into its future than Ben Todd. I look forward to following him. I look forward to serving under him. I look forward to calling him my lead pastor. I know this raises like a ton of questions. And I've anticipated a few of them, and I'm, I'm going to get to them soon. Um, but first, I think it's more important that maybe you hear from Pastor Ben and from him for his heart. Can we start, and I've, I've, we've done this a bunch of times, but I just, I can't think of any better way, no matter how many times I do this, to say, can we just start by honoring Pat and Winnie and just give them a huge round of applause? Um, God has done some really tremendous things in, in this church, and uh, most importantly, he's changed lives with the gospel, uh, lives that had a different eternity, a different outlook, and over 250 people have been baptized through the ministry of this church. Amen. Um, I'd also like to say that I'm incredibly grateful that Pat and Winnie are going nowhere. <laughs> yes, um, that's hugely important to me. Pat is my friend. He's been a mentor to me for years, and uh, I really can't imagine this place without him. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. I want to share, though, a little bit about my journey, about our journey, um, and how we got to this place. Pat calls himself a reluctant church planter, and my story is not all that different. You know, when we started this church a little over 10 years ago, um, I was attending The Rock, and that was our sending church, or one of them, and I was in a good place. I was happy. Uh, I loved my church. I had community. I had family, and I was not going anywhere. And uh, I remember they, they had these little desserts to, to gather people together and share the vision uh, about a church in, in Green Mountain, a church in Lakewood, to reach people far from God. And it was a compelling, uh, compelling vision. And they, they asked us to, to pray about it. And I left that meeting going, well, I'll pray, but I'm not going anywhere. Um, and yet, over time, I felt this strong call from the Lord to, to leave my community, to, to leave my comfort, to leave my church and forge a new community with a new church to reach lost people in Lakewood. And so I was excited about this. It took me a minute, but I got excited about this. And I was planning to be a part of the worship team. That was the goal that, that Rick Williams, who you all uh, got to worship with in January. He was supposed to be our worship leader. That was the plan. And I love Rick. He's a friend of mine. And I was excited about the opportunity to, to serve with him, to learn from him. Maybe someday I could be a worship leader. And God had some very different plans. And so I don't know if Rick just missed the bus on the way to the church plant, <laughs> but he never came to Faith Mountain, and I, I really believe that was God's plan to, to take this reluctant person into a, a new level of ministry. And I can tell you, I was completely unprepared. I had no idea what I was doing, but we have a big God who's faithful. Yep, come on. And he brought some incredibly talented musicians, and more importantly, he brought some incredible worshipers and just hearts that understand, yes, their gifting and their talent, but just such a passion and a desire to bring this church into a place of worship every Sunday. And so really it's through God's faithfulness we have an incredible worship team, and they work hard at what they do. 
If you fast forward about five years, one of our founding pastors, Mark Olland, he felt like God was calling him on to a new thing, that it was time to uh, move on to, to the next thing. And if I had more time, I would tell you all the, the crazy God things that went into it. But that was the, the point in time where I came on staff here as the associate pastor. And I remember I was in my first week on the job and had these two separate conversations, both with Mark and with Pat. And they said, someday you might be the lead pastor here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, it's my first week. I don't have any biblical education. I, um, I've preached like two sermons. Like, what are you guys thinking? Are you, are you okay? You feeling all right? And, um, you know, it's interesting because they saw some things in me that I wasn't quite prepared to see. And, and over time, several other people saw some of those same things in the way that, that God's uniquely uh, created me and the giftings that I have. And people like Rick McKee have been instrumental in just kind of pushing me towards uh, not being a lead pastor, but really just seeking what. What is God's call on my life, on our family? What does that look like? And so it was about two and a half years ago that I brought this whole thing up to Lauren, and we just decided to pray. And we spent a year just praying about this, this idea of being a lead pastor, this possibility. And um, after a year's time, we came to a conclusion And the conclusion was, very simply, that I'm called to lead a church somewhere, sometime. Still pretty nebulous, right? But that's that's what we felt. And really, it was about that same time, 18 months ago, that, that Pat started being moved towards church planting and towards transitioning well. And so we just kind of started sharing our hearts and sharing what God was doing in our lives and really just began to wonder, is this God's plan for us and, and for Faith Mountain? And uh, from there, we, we involved the elders and we uh, involved the search team. And there's a process that, that went into it. And Pat will share uh, more about those things but what I realized as, as time went on and we had more of these conversations and more time in prayer, that calling clarified from leading a church to leading this church. Amen. And I, any reluctance that, that once existed within me is gone. I'm excited. I am thrilled about the opportunity that, that stands before us, and I'm excited because I really believe that the future of Faith Mountain is incredibly bright. Yep. You can do it. Thanks. <laughs> God has just been so faithful in this church, and he's, he's done incredible things, and I believe he is not done with us yet. And I want each of you to know that I am committed to continuing the legacy that Pat and Winnie started in this church. Earlier this week, I ran across this old uh, Faith Mountain flyer from when we were starting the church. And if you know me, I looked at it and I was like, ooh, this is so, uh. But anyways, <laughs> it was just old, you know. But what was in it caught my eye. It said, there was this one phrase that said, we are all united around the central vision of reaching those who don't know Christ. Amen. That vision hasn't changed. That, that is who we are today. And we are committed to reaching the 135,000 people in Lakewood that don't know Jesus. Right. I believe the role of the church is to help people find and follow Jesus. To, to reach out and reach people who are far from him and, and to at the same time raise up its own people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. 
and I'm committed to building his kingdom by any means necessary, short of sin, as Pat likes to remind me. Um, Starting new churches is a big part of that, as you can imagine. And so when I told Pat that I didn't know anyone, I've never met anyone more passionate about starting new churches, I sincerely meant that. And I, I get to interact with a lot of people who are passionate about starting new churches. But I don't know anyone who has his level of enthusiasm and passion for this. And so I'm so excited to see how God's going to use him in the lives of, of pastors who are starting new churches. I mean, can you imagine? It is hard to start a new church. And so can you imagine having just a really rough rough season and you're getting beat up and things aren't going the way that you you envisioned them when you started this and you go sit down with Pat Barnes and the energy and the enthusiasm and he's got credibility because he's been there and so what a great resource he's going to be to to pastors starting new churches I'm also incredibly committed to developing people I sincerely believe that when we pour into the people, that that's when we become better spouses, that, that that's when we become better fathers, better mothers, that we're better employees, better employers, that we're better neighbors. Most importantly, that we're better Christ followers. Because the gospel doesn't just transform our church lives. It doesn't just affect what we do on Sunday. But the gospel transforms our entire lives. I believe that the Bible is very clear on my role as a pastor. Ephesians 4 says that it's my job to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For the building up of the body. It's a high calling. That I'm committed to. And finally, Faith Mountain's always been a place for families, which is important to me as I have a family and small boys. But I see Faith Mountain as a church that brings every generation together to reach the next. That, that every single one of us, regardless of the season of life that you're in, regardless of, of where you find yourself, that you have something to offer, something big to offer the kingdom, something to offer this church, something to offer someone who's not like you. And that when we all come together around the mission that Jesus had, his mission was to seek and save the lost that we can achieve that mission together. God has done something, I believe, incredibly special here. This, this is a church that is sincere in its effort to love people to life. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I feel incredibly blessed to take on this new role and partner with you in achieving the things that God set out for us. Amen. There you go. It's a day where we're probably going to do a lot of that kind of stuff. So I told you we anticipated some of the questions that you may have. And, and, and here's one that I want to address right up front. This was my idea. From the very beginning, this was my idea. This transition was initiated because about 18 months ago... At one of those conferences that I got to attend about church multiplication and church health, I attended a conference session that addressed, well, it addressed the problem of transitioning pastors. And, and what I learned in there is that churches don't do that very well. In fact, it said that churches are really, really horrible at handing off leadership. They fail to plan ahead. And you know what happens when a church fails to plan ahead? It's the church that suffers. When, when the staff, when the leadership don't have the foresight to do this well, you're the ones that hurt because of that. If you've been around the church, the Christian church, for more than a minute, if you've been through several other churches, maybe in your Christian ministry walk, you have seen transition done in a church. And my guess is it's the rear person that's actually seen it done 
healthily and well. Some of you, some of you are here at Faith Mountain because you were in the midst of a church transition that went poorly where you came from. I, I can tell you in the last two to three years, I've seen four of my very close friends that do what I do for a living who have done pastoral transition as poorly as it can possibly be done. I can, I can tell you about a friend who I believe is just one of the most incredible pastors ever. Did an incredible job of leading his church for 30 years. They made an impact in their community. They reached the lost for Jesus. They did amazing things. And if he were on the stage today, he would tell you the one mistake he made out of many, but one of the biggest was he hung on too long. And he got to a place where he was running on fumes instead of running full speed. And he had to leave. He left abruptly. And the church suffered because of it. They declined in attendance. They declined in ability. Most importantly, it was thrown off mission because there was no vision. So one of the, the guiding principles and one of the guiding passages for us in all of this has come out of Proverbs 29. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the church doesn't have direction. See, a church without a leader is a church without vision. And it's a church. It's the church that suffers every single time. I love this church. I love you. You're my family. And I am not going to allow you to suffer because I failed to plan. So let's talk about Ben for just a minute, specifically the selection process. Um, ben wasn't selected simply because Pastor Pat wanted it and he felt called. It was a process. As much as I wish, and I desire every time I walk into an elder board meeting, I desire to walk in and speak and say, let's do this. And for the board members to go, Yes, Pastor. <laughs> In 10 years of doing this, not once has that happened. I don't know why I should have expected it to be different this time. Oh, wise Obi-Wan, yes, do whatever you want. The elders simply did say, we're certainly willing to look at Ben as that next lead pastor, but we have a process, we have a constitution that outlines the process, and we're going to follow the process. So a selection team was formed, and their charter was this. First and foremost, whatever is best for Faith Mountain is what drives your decision. Whatever is best for this church, for its people, for the people in this community, that must drive your position. And then I told them, when you've completed the process, if you aren't 100% sure that Ben Todd is the right pastor to lead this church into its future, then you not only have the right, but you have the responsibility to say no. The team was made up of two elders and two highly committed leaders here at Faith Mountain. Josh Clemmer led that process from the elder board. Bill Rogstadt's here this morning. He was another part of that selection process. We had a guy named Jeff Gilmore. You probably know him. He's led numerous mission trips for us. Crazy committed guy. He's also a business owner. Understands the hiring process and what to look for in a good, solid candidate. And then finally, the last person was my baby girl, Aubrey. Now, Aubrey was chosen for two reasons. The first reason being she's a professional recruiter. This is what she does for a living. The girl knows how to interview and interview well, and she asks hard questions. But the second reason she was chosen, and this is way more important to me, she loves her daddy. And she knows how much her daddy loves this church. And that girl would never put her stamp of approval on the wrong person because she, she knows it would absolutely crush her dad. Ben submitted a formal resume. He had to submit a theological position paper. He went through a two-hour personal interview. They called Lauren in and grilled her for an hour. 
It took an agonizing two months from start to finish. Man, it was killing me. I was on pins and needles for all two months. But in the end, the team realized what I believed all along. There may be better resumes, but there is no better fit and no better person more equipped to lead this church than this guy. And that's the guy that we're going to present to you in about a month. We're going to ask you to vote as a congregation to invite him and call him to be your next leader. So, another question I would have if I were you in the street, in the seats. If Ben is going to lead the church, what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I told you I want to serve here until my absolute last breath. And one of the things that I get to keep doing is I get to be part of your preaching team. Ben is a firm believer in a team teaching approach to Sunday morning services. And I get to continue being a part of doing something I desperately love to do. Second thing, obviously, I'm going to have a heavy focus on church multiplication. I'm going to help to identify, train, equip, and coach brand new church planters to lead new churches right here in our region and actually throughout Colorado. Third thing is that Winnie and I both love world missions. We're sold out for overseas missions. We're sold out for local outreach. And I get to come and actually serve under her as she guides that team to be even more effective at reaching people right here in Lakewood. And then the last thing is, we're going to be here every single Sunday morning unless we're traveling. So I am still going to be the official hugger. It's one job I will not give up. <laughs> come on. Let's talk about Ben's new role. He's going to take on a much larger preaching role. It comes with the territory. If you're going to check out a new church, one of the things you want is to hear that lead pastor and how they teach on Sunday mornings. But he's also passionate about other ministries, and he doesn't see himself preaching 40-plus times a year. So he's probably in that 26 to 30 range on Sunday mornings, and then the rest of our team will pick up those additional weeks. He's going to lead staff and guide the day-to-day -day activities of your church. He's going to lead that elder board, and he's going to lead Faith Mountain in a bold direction with a bold vision. He's also going to be that point leader in developing life groups, life group leaders, and the people in their church, and taking you to a whole new heights in your spiritual walk. All right, so almost done. Let me share a timeline graphic. See, I think this is another thing that may bring you some peace and some comfort in the middle of the nuclear bombs we've just dropped. What I want you to hear and see more than anything else is that this doesn't happen overnight. This is a gradual, intentional, methodical succession plan, transition process that's going to happen over the course of the next two years. So one of the things that you, I hope this graphic indicates is that 2017 isn't going to change much. Basically, the worship experience that you have had the first two months of 2017 is going to look the same pretty much throughout the rest of 2017. And that's to say, if you like my teaching and preaching, awesome. If not, be patient. You'll get rid of me in about a year. No, there'll just be a little less of me and a little more of Ben, and that's as it should be. All right. Next step in this process, and I think it's important for all of us, is I do want you to hear from Lauren as far as how it impacts her, how it impacts her family. And as I said, she was part of the selection process. If Lauren hadn't said, yes, I am on board with this 100%, we would not have selected Ben to be our next pastor. So Lauren, it's all yours soon. <laughs> there you go. Good morning. Sorry, I lost my notes for a minute, so Ben had to help me. And they were actually much nicer with me on the hiring process. They didn't grill me. They were really nice to me. But um, I just kind of want to share two big things with you. Um, first being just the process that Ben and I have been going on, um, as he mentioned, for the last two and a half years. 
Um, and Ben first brought up this idea of being a lead pastor when we were on a family vacation in Steamboat. Um, and at that time, we just really didn't know what to think about it. Um, you know, Pat was our lead pastor. And of course, if he got to be a lead pastor anywhere, we would want it to be here. So we didn't understand what that meant. And at that time, Ben had three years of school left. Um, and I honestly just didn't know what I felt about or how I felt about it. So um, that just became a long process for us to figure out where God was calling us. Um, and it was a long but crazy process of God opening doors for us um, to lead here at this church. Numerous conversations that Ben and Pat had, numerous meetings that the elders had um, leading us here. And I just want to first point out that um, Ben has been incredibly patient and cautious with this process. Um, as you can imagine, when you get a call on your life, you want to start living it out. You want to act on it. But he couldn't do that right away because he wanted to make sure this was absolutely God's plan. And one of the biggest reasons that he wanted to be cautious with this is because Pat and Winnie are dear friends of ours. And we have been in ministry with them for 15 years. And one of Ben's biggest caution was to make sure that they did not feel pushed out, that they did not feel dishonored in this process, because that would be the last thing that we would ever want to happen in this transition. Um, so God, um, or Ben just really wanted to wait and make sure this was really what God was calling him to do. Um, and so, um, I can look back now and just see how God has been developing us as a married couple, you know, having the unique opportunity to be on staff for the last few years together. Um, this church is our heart. It's our family. We do know the heartbeat together of the kids, the families, um, you guys, the community. Um, so we are just honored to be able to serve together. Um, God's also been preparing Ben and developing him. Um, ben has vision, and he's got passion, and he is a tremendous leader. Um, and I believe in him with 110% um, that he is going to not only lead this church, but he is going to lead it well, and he is ready to do it. Um, and I believe in you. And I didn't do this first service, but I think it's important for you guys to know that I'm proud of this man. And I'm so proud to call him my husband and get to journey um, this path where God is leading us. Um, thank you. Um, so the second part is kind of figuring out what my role is um, in becoming a lead pastor's wife. So I've been praying about this for several months, even before we knew that Ben would be called to be the lead pastor here. Um, and so I've been talking to God a lot about this, and Ben has been incredibly supportive and encouraging to make this a decision that I made with God, um, what my role would be in this new um, position. Um, and so thinking through what my biggest desire is to be a lead pastor's wife is really just to support my husband and to support my family and to be there for them as much as they need. And so what I've decided, um, which is a really difficult decision, but I have decided to step down as the children's pastor. <laughs> Excuse me for the emotion. Um, it's so emotional for me because children's ministry is my baby, and it has been for the last seven years. Oh, man. Uh, I've, we have done this talk several times, and this is the most emotional I've been. Um, but you know how passionate I am about it. Um, but all that to say, though, as Pat shared with you how excited he is with this transition, I am also really excited about it. Um, I've been one part-time person for the last seven years um, doing children's ministry, so this couldn't be better timing for new transition in children's ministry. Um, as many of you know, we have Jessica Houston who came on a few years ago and is our early childhood director, and she's been solid with us. We're now in the process of um, 
hiring a school-age director. And then with my replacement, we are going to have this awesome new children's ministry team with new ideas, new excitement, new passion. And they are going to be able to do so much more than I could ever do by myself for the last several years. So I'm excited for children's ministry and the growth that we're going to see. And I'm excited to have my own kids in children's ministry, even though I won't be leading it anymore. Um, What this also means for me in the the coming months, um, I'll be staying on as children's pastor until summer after VBS. We don't really have an exact date yet um, because this has been so under wraps. Um, I haven't been able to go look for a new job. I will get a part-time job, um, but I desire to find a job where I can stay home with the boys as much as possible. But without being able to share this information with anybody or knowing a start date, It's kind of hard to find a job. So um, I will start pursuing that. And the first thing I'll probably pursue is to work in one of our um, local elementary schools part-time to stay um, connected to the the families in this community and to stay working with kids because that really is a passion I have and to be able to have the same schedule as our boys. So um, with that, Ben's actually going to come back up and talk about new staffing. So let's, let's do that. Let's talk about uh, staffing and kind of what the way ahead looks like in terms of uh, staff at Faith Mountain. What I'll say is uh, children's ministry is our first priority and just making sure that we have that, that dialed in. And so as Lauren said, uh, we're in the process of hiring a school-age director. We have some great internal candidates that we're excited about, and we believe that we're going to have that process completed um, in March. And so we're, we're making good progress on that. And we're going to start very quickly um, in the process of identifying who our new children's director will be. And we've had uh, some conversation around what that'll look like and what that process will entail. Um, but it still is a little bit fluid and conversation uh, at this point. Our goal, though, is to have that position filled just prior to Vacation Bible School, which is the last week of June. And so that'll provide some, some overlap for Lauren and this new person to, to onboard and transition well there as well. I'd also like to talk just a little bit about Add to Multiply and um, just kind of what that looks like and how that factors into future hiring decisions. So our goal with, with Add to Multiply from December was simply to, to make a significant investment in people through investing in leader development and in life groups. And so we want to do that with a purpose to, to build a strong foundation so that we can begin starting new churches. And so based on the news today, you can imagine that remains an incredibly high priority for us. And so with these new positions that we we need to hire, we want to do this with really two goals in sight. The first one being to make this transition smooth over a period of time. I I hope you've heard that, that that's important to us, that this isn't something that happens abruptly or overnight, but it is something done well over a period of time. And the second is to invest in people through life groups and leader development. And so in order to achieve both those things, what we've determined is we're going to be hiring two part-time positions rather than one full-time position. So the first position is a creative and marketing director, which we hope to have hired at some point uh, in September. And this person will be responsible for the creative direction and uh, the communication for Faith Mountain. So this is things like the website, um, graphics, um, things like email and social media communication. You know, all of those things are currently things that I do. And so we're going to transition those to, to someone else. Um, the second one, which I'm sure you can imagine, would be a worship leader. And so we hope to have that position filled sometime around January. And again, we want this to be done over time 
to be a very smooth transition, um, something that it doesn't feel abrupt to you all. And so your Sunday worship experience for 2017 is going to largely remain the same. And then you'll begin to see these things filter in over the course of 2018. So you might be wondering why two jobs instead of one. And there's really two reasons for that. Uh, The first one being, um, as you can imagine, a full-time benefit package can be cost prohibitive. And so two part-time package, two part-time positions, we feel like is better stewardship of the, the funds that we have. The, the second part of that being, though, is that intentional purpose that we have in doing this over time and doing it as a good transition. And so by, by splitting that, we, we are able to, instead of changing these two big things right away, we're able to, to do it methodically over a period of time. We recognize we have a small staff. And so to, to insert three or four new people all at the same time could, could really change the landscape of Faith Mountain. It could really change the, the, the way that the church is and the culture that we have. And that's not our goal in this. And so we want to be smart. We want to be methodical. We want to be wise in the way that we go about this. And I can assure you um, there's been a great, great deal of prayer and conversation between Pat and myself and, and the elders and staff as far as what this should look like. And we just firmly believe that this is the best course of action in order to achieve those, those two goals, those, those two goals of, of having a smooth transition and investing in people through life groups and leader development. And, and so we intend to use the add to multiply funds to, to hire those two individuals so that I can have those, those roles removed from my, my position and be able to then focus on the life groups and the leader development. And we really believe that as we do that, it strengthens Faith Mountain in a way that we're able to, to send people and start new churches. Okay. Home stretch, I promise. We're like two minutes from being done. What I think would be smart for me to do right now is to actually summarize all of the stuff that I hope you heard this morning. First thing is, Pastor Pat is transitioning to a new role. They're actually giving me a title as founding pastor, which works for me. I don't care what you call me. Just allow me to do what God has called me to do in and through this church. I am handing off the lead pastor role to Pastor Ben. Ben becomes the new lead pastor after you've had an opportunity to ask lots of questions, get a bunch of clarification, and then you'll have a vote on March 26th. Pastor Lauren is stepping down as the children's pastor at the end of this summer. We hope to have the new children's director in by July of 2017. We're also looking to hire a part-time creative slash marketing person. Hope to have that done by September 2017 so we can free up a bunch of hours that Ben currently devotes to that particular task. And then this is the hardest one for me personally besides giving up my own role. I get to take on a new role that I'm excited about. But man, giving up my worship leader, that's hard. These guys have led me into the presence of God for the last 10 years, and I adore them and their talent and their heart for what they do. So it's difficult for me, and I imagine it is for you as well, because it's such an important part of the Sunday experience, right? So what I, what I do know about Ben is that, that he doesn't just want to hire a worship leader as good as him, right? He wants to make sure that guy's like a little not as good, so you guys miss him a lot. <laughs> No, he said all along what he wants is to find someone that's better than him. Find someone that can take our worship experience and actually elevate it beyond what it is now, which is hard for me to imagine, but I know that's the kind of person that Ben's going to be looking for as he builds his new staff. And then finally, we are in the process of that 10-hour-per-week school-age director. And I know that's a boatload of transition and a boatload of change and a bunch of stuff, to try and process all at once. 
So as you process all of this, you may come up with more questions. You may need more clarification. So here's what we would like to do with you is there's going to be an opportunity to ask questions and get those clarifications at a bunch of open forums, the dates of which are probably on the screen behind me even now. And if they're not, they will be in the next moment. Forums are going to be limited to 20 people. We want to make sure that we have a small enough crowd that every voice in the crowd is able to be heard, and that's why we've scheduled so many of them. There's going to be an email come to all of you tomorrow to give you instructions on how to participate in one of those open forums if you would like to do that. But it may be that we've just communicated so stinking well you don't have any questions and you're just good to go and you don't need to attend any of those things. Whatever is best for you, we want to make sure that the entire church is completely on board with what we believe is a God-driven, God-directed process that's going to help Faith Mountain stay healthy and productive for years and years to come. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to prepare your hearts for our time of offering, and then I'm going to invite my friend Josh Clemmer to come up on stage. Let's go before the Lord together. God, thank you so much. Thank you just for the vision that you've given this church. Thank you that we have a leadership that's courageous enough to realize the most important thing we can do right now at this season is to transition well. And Lord, our focus, our vision, our purpose, our greatest desire is to simply be used by you to tell other people about Jesus so that they can make a decision for him. We want nothing more than for people to find and follow Jesus with all of their heart. And I pray that this day has been a blessing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.